welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm your host, Brandon Rye. Tonight's episode, we're joined by my guest, Luke. Luke is here to talk about his experiences with sleep paralysis when he was a teenager, and one instance where he had an encounter with now he believes to be the hat man. Before we dive on into our story with Luke, if you've ever had an experience or a story you'd like to share, please get a hold of me. You can reach me at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can find Tinfoil Tales on Facebook. You can shoot a message on there. If you'd like to help the show, please share it, like it, subscribe to our podcast. Anything you can do that could help us out definitely is appreciated. We're going to dive on into our story with Luke, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm joined today by my guest, Luke. Now, Luke has had some experiences, and he was kind enough to come on here and share it with me. So, Luke, thanks for coming out and talking with me today. No worries. Nice to meet you, Brandon. Nice to meet you, too. So when did uh, your experiences begin? If you want to kind of go back towards the beginning, give us a little background on it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, it was around my sort of late teens, um, sort of in my mid-30s now, so um, quite some years ago. Um, I started um, experiencing uh, sleep paralysis, um, so I'd uh, occasionally just um, wake up or become conscious, should I say, kind of um, in a paralyzed state in the middle of the night. Um, and that would last typically 10, 15 minutes. And I'd usually just be kind of fighting to get out of this this paralyzed state because, um, yeah, if you've not experienced it, it's quite an alarming thing to sort of happen to just wake up and, and not be able to move your body, but be yeah. totally aware of it. Um, and I just, yeah, typically sort of tense my body and fight my way out of it, which would take around 10, 15 minutes. And, and eventually I'd kind of wake up and, uh, after calming down or whatever, I'd, I'd go back to sleep and, um, I told some people about this and obviously I'd, I'd found out that sleep paralysis is kind of a semi-common thing. It's a known, it's a known phenomenon in, in, in the medical world. Um, so I kind of accepted it as, as that really, it's just sleep paralysis is something that some people get and something that I get. Um, so I just kind of accepted those experiences for, um, what they were. Um, I say I had that kind of that phenomenon, like sort of two or three times in, in, in my teenage years. Um, and then when I was around 18 years old, I had one experience that obviously I've, I've never quite forgot um it was very very intense at the time it was also it was my last experience of of, of sleep paralysis it's, it's not happened again since um but this uh this time um it it transpired a little differently so i um i i woke up or became conscious um in this paralyzed state um but this time i was uh, i was not in my own bed um, I was actually sat up in what I believed to be at the time. Um, I believed that I was in a taxi. Um, it was definitely, you know, a vehicle of some kind. And I could see, I could see the, you know, the outside world. And I could see that um, I was on my own street, um, traveling in the direction of my home. Um, and in the front of this vehicle, I could see someone driving it. Um, and I, I tried to look at this this figure or this person, um, but all I could see was kind of a silhouette. Basically, they were kind of like um, uh, just a silhouette of a person, all, all in black. And I could see that they were wearing like a, almost like a, a trilby hat. 
Um, and I tried to look into the eyes because there was some kind of like rear view mirror, um, which is what led me to believe it was a, it was a car of some kind. Um, and I tried to look straight into their eyes and all I could see was black. Um, and obviously seeing, you know, it being in this situation and seeing that, um, that fits, you know, somebody driving you somewhere and, um, and you're not knowing, you know, who or why, obviously my reaction was to try and scream at them, um, basically scream, who are you, where are we going? Um, but that's obviously the point when I realized I was totally paralyzed with my eyes. I mean, I could open my eyes and that was it. Um, and I tried to scream and obviously experiencing this real frustration of, of, of wanting to scream, but physically being unable to. Um, as I, you know, tried to, uh, to scream at this person, um, I kind of um, blacked out again. And then I um, became sort of conscious in, in my own bed in that um, paralyzed state again and um, i experienced many times but many times before but this time it was a lot scarier because of, of what i just experienced prior to um you know realizing i was in my own bed so I, again i tried to fight my way out of the, the paralysis it took me about 10 15 minutes and i eventually managed to sit up out of it um but this time i was just a lot more traumatized than any other time um and i remember just obviously being in that sort of traumatized state and trying to sort of breathe my way out of it, convince myself, oh, it was a bad dream. It was a bad dream. It was sleep paralysis, go back to sleep. Um, and, and and that's what I did. Um, and at the time, obviously, I just convinced myself, oh, it was a bad dream and it was sleep paralysis. But it was something I never forgot. And I remember telling one of my friends at the time, oh, I had this, this what I think was a dream, but it felt real. Um, and obviously, he you know, thought I was, it was, it was ludicrous and I just had a bad dream, but he always remember, remembered it as well because he could hear the sort of terror in my voice when I was telling him about it. Um, and I kind of got on with with my life, really. Um, I did actually, um, well, recently I've, I realized that after that point, I did have a lot of mental health issues afterwards. I, I would say I was fine until that point. And I did go through many years of, of, of mental health issues that I've now been treated for. Um, I never made the connection to that event and my mental health issues until recently. Um, so now, yeah, I'm in my um, sort of mid thirties. That was in, in, in my teens um, of, of, of complete sound mind. I'm sort of over all my, my, my issues and everything. Um, and my current partner, um, she's very interested in all things paranormal. Um, something that I never explored myself much until recently. And I happened to um to tell her about this experience, you know. We were just talking about kind of vivid dreams, really. And I told her about the experience and she was really taken by it. She had a fascination by the fact that I'd seen this dark figure. She's, you know, she's very into all things paranormal and, and, and ghostly and things like that. And I had some had some experience uh, experiences herself with sort of ghosts and spirits and everything. Um so she she was keen to keen to explore this with me. Um and we started um, because because the figure I saw I, I described it as like a, you know a black figure in a hat. We just started um, googling black hat black hat man, um, not not ex- expecting to find anything about it. Um, and then obviously it just opened a rabbit hole for us. And I've um, there, there's so much stuff out there about uh, black hat men or, or shadow people, um, and, and there's an entire documentary on it. And we were just watching. Um, you know, other people's experiences. So many people have experienced seeing this figure 
you know lots of people have have theories about it you know it being um some sort of demon spirit um and and also um some people believe it, it, it it's like a disguised alien of some kind mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah i've i've just kind of been been exploring it um you know just just out of interest really that all people find, finding it strange that all people see this this figure um you know and and who is it and what is what is it and you know what its connection to sleep paralysis is because the more i look into sleep paralysis lots of people who ha- have sleep paralysis they 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 report seeing a figure um either just seeing this this being or or um feeling like this being is um is enforcing the paralysis on them somehow um and then, and then more recently we, we you know you know with our fascination with all things paranormal we started watching um things about alien abductions because one thing that's n- not common about my experience when i look into um things about sleep paralysis and um uh, uh you know shadow people and, and black hat happening um what's not common is the whole abduction scenario because obviously i i feel like i was being taken back home by this figure and and, and that's quite unusual it seems um until i started watching stuff about alien abduction um and i found that um you know lots of people who claim they've been abducted by aliens um they either remember being taken or being taken home it's very rare that they remember any more of that so um it, it got me thinking about my experience and, and um, I think that's when I joined the uh, alien abduction group um, on, on Facebook, which I, I spoke to yourself on. Um, and I, I was asking the question about um, shadow people and, and aliens and are they connected? Um, and, and that's when I've come across this theory that um, potentially, you know, the, the shadow people or, or whatever, they could be um, sort of aliens in disguise or, or, um, you know, they've, affected our vision somehow so we can't see them or or something like that there is Uh, quite a bit involving shadow people that kind of goes in correlation with alien abductions i've actually got an episode prior that was all about shadow people and i've talked with others and they always mention the same thing about shadow people so it's what's really kind of got my curiosity going is how are so many different people seeing the same exact thing? Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really strange. Um, I mean, there's lots of sort of theories, um, sort of by doctors and that. You know, I've been looking at the more rational, shall we say, um, approach to this. If you if you read about sort of doctors' theories on 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 sleep paralysis, you know, because um, you're in a deep sleep state, you're in a sort of slightly hallucinogenic state, and and maybe when you have paralysis, you you know you hallucinate and, and come up with a reason why you're, you're feeling like this. And and that's where the theory that you, you see a figure sort of inflicting this on you. And and then it's all hallucination. But what, what really gets to me is that why, why does everyone see the same thing? And it's a very specific image, especially, um, you know, the figure wearing a hat. Um, if it was just kind of a random, you know, hallucination that our body does in that state, surely everyone would be very different, but, like you say, when you explore it, it's 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 kind of um, it's a very common hallucination. Too, I'd say, too common for it to not be coincidental. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to believe in coincidences, especially when there's too many similarities of kind of what you just said. If someone was going to hallucinate, 
and they've never heard of Hatman, why would they be hallucinating of something of Hatman? Like, if all the things they could, why would they all have the same exact appearance, descriptions, scenario? Like, it's it doesn't add up to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I don't, uh, you know, everyone's mind is so different, and when you think of like people's dreams, you know, they're all very unique to them. But this particular, you know, experience seems very uniform when when you speak to people who've experienced it. Which, um, yeah, there's there's definitely something. There's something more to it than simply a, a hallucination. Now, there's different groups of how they describe like shadow people. Some people see just like silhouettes, almost like shadow movements and stuff. And others I've talked to. Do you remember the movie The Predator where the thing's cloaked? I've gotten a lot of people that see shapes and figures like humanoid looking figures, but they swear that they're cloaked like the Predator was. And that's also really common. People call those shadow people too. But I don't necessarily consider them shadows because I think when I think of shadow, I think more of a darkness to them, not something that looks like cloaking. But there's a lot of similarities between both encounters, both witness, like the witnesses I've talked to and some I've gotten on episodes and others I've just spoken with people about. All their stories are very, very similar. So... That's what really gets my curiosity going is why are there so many similarities to these instances? Like people are seeing a hat man. Some people are seeing like cloaked figures and they're all similar of how they see it. And sleep paralysis is also very common when it comes to these situations. Yeah, that's, that's interesting about the, the, the cloaking. I mean, it's, the figure I saw, it was literally a silhouette. There was no features, but I have heard people saying that they could actually see some some features sort of seeping through, like seeing red eyes or things like that. Um, so potentially it, it is some sort of cloaking that they do, uh, and sometimes they don't do it. I don't know why, but some people's couldn't can break through the cloaking somehow with their vision, or they just don't do it very well, or they want to. they want people to see a glimpse of them. It, it's i guess we're only guessing at this stage but um yeah it, it it's very very interesting the, the the similarities like you say but it does you know even the most rational rational people make you wonder um why you know why these hallucinations are so similar um and it, yeah there's definitely got to be something going on something that we don't understand um and that's what this, you know, this experience is the experience that I had and, and all the, the sort of talking to people I've done and watching documentaries is is definitely made me veer on the side that there is there's something unexplained here. And I don't think anyone quite knows the full picture as to what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's it's simply hallucination. And the whole thing with with um sleep paralysis, the you know, I've done a lot of reading on that from a medical point of view and they have they have a theory as to why it happens, but they they don't actually know the cause, um, which I think is very alarming for for the people who've who've experienced it. Because if they don't know a cause, then and everyone claims that some being does this to them, then yeah, there's there, there's every chance that there's there's some there's something or someone inflicting those on us, which is kind of scary, really. Um, I've never really told anyone this prior on like an episode or anything, but years ago, and it's probably been about 20 years ago now, 
I remember waking up and I felt like someone was strangling me and above me, I could see it. I thought it was someone wearing a cowboy hat. Like I was laying in bed and I couldn't move and I felt like I was being strangled and they looked like they're wearing a cowboy hat. It was just like a dark figure. And it, to me, the hat looked like the old Western cowboy hat style, but I couldn't move and I couldn't move. And then finally I was able to move and then, like my throat actually kind of hurt from it. It was strange. And I kind of just chalked it up as I was just dreaming. And maybe I hurt my own throat from trying to move or whatever. Like I never really looked too much into it years ago, but after talking with other people and everything and coming across this hat man and everything else, I was like, I wonder if this, like I was the only time I experienced anything like that. So I don't really consider it sleep paralysis, but not being able to move and feel like something was strangling me and then waking up and still feeling like something had a hold of my throat. I don't know if it goes in line with the same situations as the hat man and the sleep paralysis theories, but I was like, that, that's the only thing I can really correlate with experiencing something similar. Yeah, definitely. That definitely fits, fits the pattern when you look into sleep paralysis and, and and the hat man that that is that is quite common i mean that's i i never felt that being held down by my chest feeling um but yet when you read up on it that's something that people commonly report they report that they're that they're paralyzed um paralyzed and they see this hat man like figure and sometimes um this figure is is literally holding them down um so yeah that does sound like you've experienced uh, a similar thing and it's I mean, did did it feel kind of real to you and not like a dream? It felt real when I was seeing it, but then after like I got able to move and I looked around, like everything, like my eyes were open, and then I was able to sit up, and then it wasn't there. And I, to me, I felt like I was still dreaming, but I was yeah. awake. So was, I always just chalked it up as I was having a nightmare, but my eyes were open. So I try and remain skeptical a lot. So for me, I always try and rationalize more provable theories, I guess. But I've never been able to explain that other than while well, I was just dreaming. So, yeah, yeah, and that's that sounds, um, yeah, similar to my experiences. Really, that um, it it feels real at the time. It feels it doesn't feel like any dream um, that you've had before. It feels real, but then when you come out of it, I think immediately you you tell yourself oh it was a dream because as soon as you're kind of awake in your own bed and you're and you're safe and there's nothing there you immediately think oh it was a bad dream yeah but it's 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 very strange that they always fit that pattern it's always a dark figure they're always wearing a hat they always stop you from moving yeah like i saw no face or anything like that i just saw like a silhouette and it looked like someone wearing a cowboy hat silhouette above my bed like I looked up and I could see them looking down at me and I just couldn't move and I felt like they had a hold of my neck. So Yeah, it's scary. And that that definitely fits fits the pattern. And yeah, the more the more I speak to more people about it, especially yourself, it it it, it follows too much of a uniform pattern for us all, all as humans to experience the exact same kind of dream or hallucination um yeah. that, that follows that pattern. 
And and the theory that I've read from doctors is is it's interesting. You say you felt like it was a dream, but you were awake and you could and you could open your eyes because that's that's the theories that doctors have. They say that you're in REM sleep, which is the deep, you know, the deep kind of sleep where your body doesn't move, which, which explains the paralysis, and it's also the state in which you dream. So their theory is that you actually become conscious in a in a REM sleep where you're dreaming and your body's not moving, which is why it's like the dreams feel real and and your body can't move but yeah the, the the bit that doesn't make sense to me is that why everyone then has the same dream mm-hmm. in, in that state that's the bit that, that that doesn't make sense to me and makes me think there's there's something more to it why is everyone um, experiencing something that's shaped the same the same looking thing like the hat man yeah yeah that's that's like I've never heard of a hat man 20 something years. I still lived at my parents' house and I haven't lived there in 20 years. So I know it was, I was still a teenager at the time. So it had to have been at least, like I said, 20, 22 years ago, something like that, that I had to experience it. And I remember I said something to them about it or whatever. And they all just kind of laughed, laughed it off a little bit. And then I just wrote it off as I was just dreaming. This was before I really started diving into a lot of things. And I never even really heard of Hatman up until like the last year or two. So. Yeah, that's, that's very similar to me. This, this experience had happened in my teens and I'd, I'd never, I kind of had no interest in sort of the paranormal. I'd never sort of heard anything like that, but that was my experience. It's only in the last few years that I've found out that actually there lots of people see this figure and see how, you know, so it's not it's not like it's in your consciousness already to to um you know create a dream like that. It's you know people who've never heard of, of the Hatman experience the Hatman. So it's it's yeah it's it's too frequently a coincidence. Um, the interesting thing you said there about the the pain in your throat um, that's um that's that's something that I never kind of um remember at the time um remembered feeling at the time of my experiences but um obviously when i was um exploring the whole alien abduction theory um i started watching um people who claim to have those alien abduction experiences and uh m- you know most most people in who've had those experiences they tend not to remember the full thing and the only um time that they really find out more of their story is when they have regressive hypnosis um so when I saw people going through regressive hypnosis, all of a sudden they don't just remember being taken or, or being taken away. They're, they come out with these crazy stories about, you know, being taken onto ships and being operated on and things like that, which is the classic sort of alien abduction story that you hear. Um, and when I watched um, people being um, going through that regressive hypnosis, um, it seems really, really real. So the, the, the terror that, that you hear in people's voices when they when they relive the experience under hypnosis is is it's very very real and if it's acted it's um well it does deserve some sort of award um especially if you um look at uh travis walton or, or betty and barney hill um and after watching um those abductees get relive their story i um i looked around to see if i could find any hypnotists who do regressive hypnosis um i managed to find this um th- this lady who who did um past life regression which is a another rabbit hole that i've never kind of gone down but um yeah that's something that seems to be quite popular um where where i am in the north of england um past life um regression where obviously people 
regress back to a life prior to the one they're living now. Um, I'm not sure what I think to that. I've, I've not really explored it, but um, yeah, trying to find someone who did, um, you know, regressive hypnosis for experiences like mine, it's, it, it's kind of non-existent where I live. Um, so I contacted someone who did the, uh, the past life regression and I said, look, I had a traumatic experience in this lifetime that I don't remember all of. Um, would you be able to do some, you know, regression on me to see if there's some more memory there? Um, and it was a quite a, a strange request for her. She never sort of, um, had such a request, but, um, yeah, I, I saw her there last week and, um, I did the regressive hypnosis and she, she made me um, revisit that experience in, in the car with the hat man, like three times. So the first two times, um, she, um, took me back to that experience and I basically recounted what I told you before, um, what, you know, what I can consciously remember. And it kind of, um, it wasn't going anywhere. And then um, when she did it the third time, she kind of took me back to what happened before um, I awoke in, in the vehicle. And she said, um, you know, take take yourself back to before. So what were you doing? So I said, oh, I was, I was, in, I was asleep. Uh, I was in bed. And she said, how did you feel? Um, and, and the house I was um, in at the time, my mother's house was, was very, very cold. Uh, I think it must have been winter time. Um, and I think when she took me back to the physical feeling um, of, of being cold in that room, all of a sudden I was transported back to that that place physically. Um, and the interesting thing here is then she then asked me to kind of ask me how I felt next and what happened next. And I, start, I basically started recounting the physical memories of that night. Um, and when I say recounting it, it was like reliving it physically. I could feel all the physical sensations um, of being back there. Um, yeah, that side of the hypnosis is quite powerful. Um, literally re reliving the physical memory. Um, and then and she asked me how I was feeling. And then I said, oh, so I'm cold and I'm in bed. And I said, now it all feels different. I said, now I feel very, very light and weightless and I'm floating and I can see light. Um, and I just felt a lot warmer and lighter and like I was floating upwards, um, but I couldn't see anything just light. Uh, and then all of a sudden it changed and I started to feel cold um, and everything went dark. Um, and then I had this sensation in my legs, like, um, well, I don't know if you've ever been under, under an, general anesthetic. Um, I, I have once before. And, and, and when they give you an anesthetic, you feel this kind of cold liquid um, go from where you're injected and, and kind of seep around your body feel this sort of coldness consuming you mm-hmm. um and I, I and i felt this from my legs so i felt that that cold anesthetic liquid feeling going from my legs all the way up to my to my head basically um and as that was happening i was feeling this strange kind of tingling num- sort of numbness um and then i started to feel um a sort of like a burning in my throat um a sort of burning um soreness in in my throat um which again kind of correlates to some sort of surgery obviously anesthetic going around your body and then some something going down your throat um and i think at this point the uh the the, the hypnotist was, was was quite freaked out by what i was recounting and uh sort of quickly took me out of the hypnosis because it was um yeah it, it, even though it was a it was um like a, an experience of anesthetic it was quite quite terrifying for me reliving it because um i'd not recounted that before um and i don't know there was just this feeling of 
trauma about it, um, which my hypnotist could uh, could detect, and she quickly kind of took me out of the that state of hypnosis, and and you know told me it wasn't real in a sort of reassuring way. I don't think she believed quite believed it all, but she um, um, she could feel the, the, the you know the trauma that I was recounting. So, I've yeah, always thought, been huh? sorry. I've always been a little hesitant with hypnosis just because I think it could be a double-edged sword sometimes some I think you, people might be better off not fully recounting things and if they know if they have an idea already of what they want to look for and hip no like the hypnosis person or whatever is asking specific questions I've always wondered if it doesn't manifest memories that aren't exactly memories but it's because you've thought of them you've manifested this image in your head now of what you think happened when that might not necessarily be true so if she didn't really have any correlation to go off of, of your past experiences i don't think that is something that she put in there so i think what you were just saying is probably actually something you may have experienced well, yeah, it definitely, uh, it definitely felt that way. I mean, I, I wasn't sure what to think of hypnosis um, prior to that. Um, I, because I'd, I'd been under sort of hypnotic states before, and I always felt like it was still very much conscious, and I was a bit skeptical that any kind of further memory could come from that. But yeah, the the physical um, memory that that came back to me was very, very real. Um, but you know. The, the skeptic in me says, "Oh well, you know, I've I've been watching stuff about alien abductions for for weeks now. <laughs> I could have created that memory from from what I've seen because it does sound very similar to um, other people's experience. But I don't know that. <laughs> I definitely uh, I definitely relive something very physical and very traumatic. Um, you mentioned Betty and Barney Hill and Travis Walton. Yes." If anyone's listening to this podcast, they probably know those stories, I would assume. But I've always thought the Travis Hill incident, or not Travis, Travis Walton incident, is uh, one that stands out the most because, if I'm not mistaken, all of the people that saw what happened and Travis, they've all taken polygraph tests over the years, and every single one of them have always passed the polygraph test. So... And it's not like anyone else involved in it got any notoriety out of the whole thing. Like Travis is really the only person they ever talk about. So I can't see them all scheming up this idea of an abduction. And then he shows up a few days later and they all are going along with it. At some point you think the truth would have came out if they faked it all. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the most convincing story out there because it's got, um, you know, six or seven witnesses who saw saw the abduction, and and they've all they've all stopped by their story. Like I said, they've all passed the, the polygraph tests, and I, I can't think what incentive they'd have to do for that. You know, they'd have for that. Otherwise, like like I say, Travis has, has, has had book deals and, and a movie out of it, but I, I don't think you could have predicted that. And I don't. I think yeah, the other guys haven't really got anything from it, and they've still stuck to their story. You know years later so it, it it's very convincing 
and they, a lot of them they faced ridicule about it as they were hoaxing the whole thing and I think some of them actually had to move away because of everyone saying that they're full of crap basically and why would you do that and why would you still continue to stick to the story if it wasn't true like what what are they getting out of it it's like they almost ruined their lives just for the sake of ruining their life that doesn't add up to me no no you're right yeah some of them did move away because of the ridicule and um they uh they were also suspects of his murder initially um because when he was missing they were they were all um suspects of of a potential murder so it's 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 very very high stakes and yeah they've they've not really gained from it at all so yeah I'm i'm a big believer in those stories and that's it's it's watching those stories that's sort of convinced me that there's 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 something going on and um started to make me make this connection to my experience which you know i'd almost kind of wiped from my memory and passed off as a dream but there's there's too many too many experiences like this and especially credible ones like those with 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 witnesses um i i do think the the alien abduction theory is 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 a credible one now i don't know how to correlate it with hat man and alien and anything other than that other like it's bizarre it's paranormal one way or the other but it's hard for me again being a skeptic or trying to remain skeptical without actual proof it's all just everyone's theories so i can't full-on say that yeah these are aliens but what else could it be you know that's the path that I kind of lean towards is what else would it be? Yeah. Well, I think if, if, you know, if you believe that, you know, these stories are abduction stories that, that involve some sort of experiment, you know, experimental operations, I think the alternative theory is uh, the alternative to that is even scarier if it's actually, um, you know, humans doing this um, to each other or some sort of, you know, military or, or government scheme to to abduct people and conduct experiments. That's that's even scarier than the alien one. Maybe that's uh, we 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 say aliens because that's even easier to comprehend than other humans doing this to us. Now, there's a story, and I can't. I've talked about it before, and I can't ever think of it, but supposedly these kids came across something down by a creek or a river and it appeared to them as a clown, but it looked strange for a clown. And it took the kids back to its place, quote unquote. And it was basically described as like a small little metallic house that the kids described it as. And they don't remember anything like bad happening or anything like that, that it was just being really nice, but it didn't really speak to them that they could remember it like speaking, but they could understand it. Like it was almost talking to them, I think telepathy like, and I discussed this with someone else who had alien abduction stories as well. And we kind of went off on the, in his opinion, if this was actually aliens trying to understand humans, they'd be projecting something not as like threatening. So they see they correlate like a clown to like happiness because, Oh, kids go to carnivals and circuses. They see clowns. It's a happy time. So let me 
try and manifest my image to look like something that correlates to being like happy, not threatening. So I'm wondering if possibly this whole hat man thing, if it correlates with aliens, would they be manifesting themselves to appear like a typical human, like wearing a hat and everything else, because that's how they see humanity. They don't, they don't understand us. They think what they're doing would make that look normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've not heard that um, a story about the heads being taken to some sort of metallic structure on this planet. Is that right? Yeah, it was down by a river, basically. I'll uh, I'll go back and try and find out what the actual story was, and I can send it to you offline. But yeah, I, it's uh, I can't think of what it was called, but no, it was. There's been some articles, and I think I've heard some stuff on maybe another podcast that talked about it as well. But it was one of those stories that came out a while back. And it kind of makes me think of, I think he was right when he said, like projecting images. If you're, if you're here to study humans, you wouldn't want to come and look like yourself. You would try and blend in kind of, if you're wanting to understand how our minds work and everything. So to me, that almost of all the crazy theories that I've heard, that one seems the most plausible that it does make sense as to what they'd be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard theories like that. Yeah. Obviously the whole sort of cloaking thing, maybe they would um, disguise themselves as something human like so that we would interact with them. I mean, it's the, the Hatman one seems um, a bit bizarre if that's what they're trying to do, because it's a very kind of scary image. But it is it is a human like image, um, and I think that's very interesting about the whole clown image that the kids saw. Because I guess um, yeah, kids would would warm to a clown like figure because it's obviously that's you know that's children's entertainment. So obviously they're going to warm to that figure. I also find it very interesting that um, these kids were taken to a structure that you know could be extraterrestrial on on this planet because I've heard lots of um, theories about so-called aliens not necessarily being from another planet and being being from this planet there's there's theories about the whole inner earth um or the um the lost cities um or and antarctica um so i i find that theory very interesting actually it's it's maybe not some something from another planet it's another race or uh, species from from this planet that we don't sort of consciously know about or uh, ancient civilizations um, living in a sort of parallel dimension to us or or just being hidden in plain sight. I think the alternate reality slash dimension theory has a lot to do with it as well. But I actually, I just looked up that story. It's called The Sandown Clown. And it happened in 1973. It says at Lake Common, Sandown of Isle of Wight in the UK. That was in the UK. Okay. Yeah. The Sandown Clown. I'll definitely look that one up. I find, I find that fascinating. Yeah. that's. And, uh, I knew it was something similar to that, but I couldn't think, so I just Googled it real quick and found the actual story of it. So it, you can definitely find it online. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to look that up. I'm definitely curious to, to, to find sort of more stories from the UK as well. I think it's... Um, it feels like there's not as um, as many kind of publicly known um, phenomena sort of reported from the UK. Um, 
So yeah, I'm definitely interested to find find out more. I've always thought the crop circles seem to be, at least from over here in America, I always see more of the crop circle stuff happening over in the UK area. At least that's what we see over here. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I need I need to uh, look, look more of this stuff up because yeah, it feels like a you know a lot of the a lot of the stories that you hear are very much sort of from the USA, but um, I'm, maybe I'm sure... maybe each country does that to make it look like it's somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would make sense actually. Yeah, um, yeah, there's probably more control over um our media to to make us feel that um it's you know there's no threat to uh, to our home countries well the u.s government finally uh did full disclosure which wasn't really of anything but they admitted that there are ufos that they don't know what they are or where they come from so i guess i guess that's a little bit of openness it doesn't really say they're it says they're not of this earth so how do they know they, that? I don't know, but they at least acknowledge that there's stuff out there that they don't know what it is, and it's not of this earth as far as they know. They actually said it wasn't of this earth. That's interesting. Pretty sure. I I guess I shouldn't say that with 100% positivity, but I'm pretty sure that's what it said, that these were uh, not of this earth as to their own knowledge or something similar to that. As to their own knowledge, yeah, yeah. I think that's a careful but, caveat of theirs. Yeah, they're not going to hundred percent say, "Yep, these are aliens," but uh, it's aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had seen that. Yeah, they've. Um, I mean, I think that I think I'd heard that they were kind of almost backed into a corner to to release that footage. But um, yeah, they actually they've actually gone out and admitted we don't know what this is. Yeah, there was stuff that was from the Navy pilots, and then I think it's all come about in like two thousand seventeen. But some of the videos and stuff were shot prior. Some were actually from 2004, and they claim out of majority of the cases, they released some big hundred and something page thing. I believe I've never read it because I'm not going to sit down and try and scan through these documents. But just from what I've read of like people that actually have read them is kind of where they said that like about 99% of these were all written off as whatever, and it's just like a few here and there that they or claim are unexplainable so that doesn't mean they're not of this earth as of could be another country's technology or something but they wrote it off as they don't know what it is yeah and that's that's a massive massive shift like from from the government to to actually admit that there's there's stuff in the skies that they they don't know they don't know of um yeah, because usually everything, there was Project Blue Book back through the 60s and 70s, and they've been researching UFOs, regardless of what they say publicly. They've done researches and everything for years. But why the big secret about everything, I'm, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, I think it's, I, I think it's, um, you know, a government of a country that's that's kind of meant to protect people and keep them safe. It, it's it's not something they want to admit to. But, you know, there's unidentified objects in the sky that we don't know what they are. It, I suppose they, especially during times of war, they don't want to um, admit to that because it, it you know creates an uncertainty and and a panic. It's it's interesting they've done it now. Maybe now that um, I was about to say. <laughs> 
uh, we're not at war, but I guess there's a, there's always there's always conflict. So there's always yeah. a conflict somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's fascinating that they're they're admitting to that. Um, but I'm sure there's there's a lot more that they know of that they're not disclosing as of yet. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what else they release, if anything. Yeah, our Congress was the one that actually put this bill in motion for their own stuff, and they had meetings about it that obviously were considered confidential, like secret if they're not going to let that info come out to the public, but they released what they would release to the general public. And like I said, it doesn't come out saying there's aliens, but it does acknowledge that there is stuff that they don't know what it is. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, having an interest in this stuff, it's, it's, I guess it's a, it's, it's an exciting time to, to actually have that confirmed from the government and see, see actual footage of, of actually verified and identified buying objects. Fascinating. I'm curious to know what, um, kind of what information they have on, on contact and, and, and abductions, because uh, obviously like you say, um, Projects like Blue Book, um, they have researched this stuff. So there's got to be there's got to be some there's got to be some more sort of evidence that that they are with, withholding from us. And I know the amount I'm hearing about um, sort of contact with, you know, not less, not necessarily aliens, but you know, contact with with something that's that, that's not human or, or not recognizable as human. Um, there's there's far too many far too many credible stories that. Are out there in in public media. I think there's, I think there's a, there's a lot more that the government know that they're not telling us. I'll send you a link to one of my episodes that I, I think it's episode ten, and I had an interview with a doctor from Greece, and he actually has an artifact, basically an implant that was taken out of someone they pulled it out themselves they sent it to him and he did some scanning of it and the episode he he actually has from his scientific stance of it he has proof that correlates with the implant to another crashed sphere type thing that someone else found material wise like on a molecular level of how they're designed so i think you can check that episode. I think you'd find it fascinating because he's also talked about his own abduction stories. So that that was the episode I was talking about with the Sandown Clown on. So I'll send you a link to that here offline. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fascinated by that. So we're saying that the the implant that was removed actually was a similar material to a verified sort of UFO crash. Is that right? Some type of a crash sphere. He doesn't know. I don't think he, I'd have, it's been a while. I'd have to go back and re-listen to it, but I don't, he didn't have that sphere, but someone did research on it. And some of the molecular stuff, like how it's designed is similar. Obviously it's not a hundred percent because whatever came out of the person has the same like genetic makeup for like a metallic metal that's they would use for like stints you'd put in someone's heart, like medical stints. So the body wouldn't read it as intrusive. And this came out of someone's foot, and they don't know how it would have gotten someone's foot. And they ended up pulling it out because they didn't feel it. There was no blood, nothing. And it, I forget how long he said it was. 
but they ended up sending it to him and he did all this analysis on it. It is like his lab or whatever to come back with all these results. So it's a, it's a very interesting episode. Wow. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's too much, there's, there's too many incidents like that to ignore. Um, that's interesting that it was in it, the fragment was in his foot. Did, did yeah. That, that right? yeah. 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 It was in his foot. And he said it wasn't something that he would have stepped on without noticing that they stepped on it. So he said him and his, I'm assuming it was a he, I don't, but they pulled it out of his foot and they sent it off to him and they don't remember how they got it in their foot or anything about it. They just noticed it kind of protruding out, I think, and they dug it out. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's interesting about it, especially for me about it, it specifically being in the foot, because the strange thing about um, what I recounted during hypnosis was that whatever this kind of anesthetic experience I had um, came from my feet, which is very unusual because obviously our, you know, all our sort of operations when we administer anesthetic, it's usually in the upper body, usually in the hand. Um, but I remember that being the strangest part of it for me when I was recounting that experience is that the, the anesthetic seemed to come from my feet. So yeah, I find that very, very interesting that, you know, the, this implant was found in, in someone's foot because it, maybe that's, that's, um, you know, how extraterrestrials, um, sort of do medicine is that they they implant things into feet they inject into the feet which is very not it, it doesn't align with how we do things on this earth yeah i thought the foot thing was strange too i if someone were to step on something and i have stepped on something before i was in a wheelchair for like two months when i was about 10 years old because so i stepped on a metal rod and it went right through my foot and if you were to step on something you would have felt it so I don't know how something could have been stuck in someone's foot. And they never would have knew anything about it. To me, that's bizarre. Yeah, very bizarre. I've heard a lot of um, a lot of people who've had uh, supposed alien encounters or abductions or operations. They they always talk about um, things being implanted with no scarring and no blood and 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 no pain and things like that. So yeah, the whole phenomena is just unexplainable. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get a full explanation, um, but I think there's there's a lot of information out there, and the more we sort of talk about it and and pressurize our authorities to to disclose more, we might we might get some more understanding of of what's going on with these experiences and what um where all this comes from. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Was that the last in like? time that you remember having like any sort of a sleep paralysis incident or did you have it anything is, after that it is yeah yeah and that's that's the strange thing that's something that's also very uncommon with my experience compared to other people's but um for me obviously i had two or three experiences of sleep paralysis where i don't remember anything more and then that that last experience where i awoke in the vehicle um after that i never had sleep paralysis again and i never had any other strange experiences like that afterwards at all so uh, yeah i find i find that very strange um i spoke to some people on on the alien abduction sort of facebook groups and and um someone said to me oh um you know they clearly have sort of no interest in you because <laughs> most people um 
if they have a, a supposed alien abduction experience, it's a regular occurrence um, for whatever reason. They seem to keep revisiting revisiting them um, to sort of check on them or conduct more experiments or whatever. But um, for me, it was kind of a, it was a one time thing. So if if it was some sort of alien abduction experience, then yeah, for for whatever reason that they they only needed to see me that one time. Um, I've always looked to try and determine why people would be getting abducted, like. What is the connection between this person and that? Is it all random? Is there something, a specific type of blood that they're looking for? Like, what's the pattern? But I've never been able to come across anything that I can think of that would be like a pattern that anyone could see or notice. It just all just seems random to me. Yeah, but when I've read other people's experience i mean i mean there's lots of crazy theories out there obviously i think you know some some of them probably make sense and, and quite credible and maybe there is some some people out there with with some delusions so it's hard to differentiate um but w- one thing a lot of people talk about is um their belief that the um uh, that the aliens are are trying to um sort of clone us or create some sort of hybrid race um, so the the Betty and Barney Hill story, for example, um, they they remember having um, the the, the uh, Betty remembers having something taken out of her stomach, and they um, Barney um, said they were doing something to his genitals, and 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 the theory is um, from a lot of people that yeah, it's about um, taking our sort of reproductive um, sort of organs and 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 creating some sort of some alien hybrid race um i'm not sure i quite understand why they would do that um i heard some i heard something about um some people believe that this race uh is is dying out and they need to to they need us to to keep reproducing um but yeah i thought that's quite an interesting theory like some some people claim that they uh they've been abducted and and they've been taken to meet their hybrid children which is a, a pretty crazy theory but i guess it it it, it would yeah. explain it would explain it would explain why um people are revisited and 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 why we're even being experimented on at all if that's the case i see it as if they are experimenting on us we're to them kind of like what a rat is to us like maybe they're using us not so much to test their stuff but if they are cloning and making hybrids maybe they're using those as a way to test their own techniques on the you know what i mean kind of like how we would they claim they can grow stuff on like they're using pigs to grow like human hearts or whatever that they're trying to do they've grown an ear on like a a rat supposedly maybe they're doing that on these clones like you said, because their own population is dying off and they're looking for ways to try and save their own selves by using us for experiments. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at it like that, it doesn't seem as crazy because because we do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think we, we've we done cloning experiments. I believe um, in this country there was a story about us uh, cloning a sheep. I remember it was big news at the time. Yeah, back in um, the 90s, they cloned a sheep. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, when you look at it from that perspective, it is actually not that crazy as to, to why um, another race from another world 
would do that to us, especially if they're more advanced than us. I mean, it is, it is almost, um, when you look at what we do to animals, it is almost like, um, a little bit sick and kind of arrogant that we go, you know, we can just take a, a species of, of, of animal and just say, we're going to grow an ear on your back or we're going to clone you. It's, um, yeah, it puts a different perspective on it entirely. And, and to think of, of someone to doing that to us is quite, quite terrifying, but we, we do that to animals all the time. Yeah. They could view us how we view rats to them. We're not as superior. We're just a lower level life form and they're going to do what they want to do because when I work in construction and they do a lot of building for like roadways and everything else, they think about certain impacts to animals like migrating birds and other things like that. But no one thinks about the anthill that's down there that we're tearing out. So maybe to us too, we don't think of ants or insects as anything. Maybe to them, that's all we are. Yeah, I can believe that. Um, I mean, if there is an, an alien race, you know, as, as people describe it, they're definitely more advanced than us, especially if they can make it to our planet from somewhere a long way away. They're definitely more advanced than us. So there's, I don't see, it doesn't seem far fetched that they'd see themselves as a superior race and that we're there to um, experiment on as, as, um, as they please. And, and there's also that theory it that, uh, I mean, this is all far-fetched. I feel like I have to caveat that when I um, recount these theories. Um, but there, there is that theory that um, there was actually an agreement in, in the 50s between um, the US government and um, uh, an alien race from Zeta Reticuli that um, they could indeed come and do experiments on us uh, in exchange for technology. Pretty crazy theory, but when you look at what, what happened um, between then and now, we did advance massively in in the technology um you know in terms of technology between like the 1950s and now technology has increased at a rapid rate and we've had all these stories about alien abduction so it if you know if that theory is true it, it does correlate precisely really our, our technology has improved but we have had an increasing number of people claiming to be experimented on and i, um, I haven't looked back too for like too far into abductions of what like old time abduction counts or anything but i do believe that since world war ii there was a gigantic increase in people reporting abductions so that does make sense yeah yeah it, it absolutely does um i think it was um the president eisenhower i think it, it was um i think his granddaughter is is the one who's, who's claimed that a deal was made um but yeah, the a deal, you know, technology in exchange for experimentation, and 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 the the caveat to that deal was that, um, you know, the uh, the humans must be returned safely. And that, you know, that theory would go to explain that why people who you claim to be abducted and and be experimented on, um, are always returned safely. Um, you know, if if this if this race was coming and just experimented on on us as we please then you know why why would they return necessarily return us safely if they believe they're superior and we're just rats to them then why not just let us die in the experiments but they actually re re return us so yeah i find that yeah very interesting i've read some stuff about that too and 
there's just so many theories that it's hard to pick which rabbit hole you want to go down, I guess. But like I said, I try and remain skeptical for the most part, but I do believe there there's just too much. I, I call it evidence. There's just too many stories of why people would be encountering things and seeing things and experiencing stuff. Not everyone can be crazy. I'm not saying that a vast majority of these stories aren't someone's. I think they're true to most of the people, whether they're actually what they're remembering or what the, whatever it's actually what happened to them. I think they're true. So I'm not here to discredit anyone for what they experienced, but I'm not going to say that every story that someone has told me is a hundred percent factual because I, I can't do that. But I just think there's too many similarities between stories and other evidence we can see, like anyone can see that experienced it to just sit there and think that, oh, no, these are all, it's not true. They're all lies. People are crazy. Like none of this is happening. No, there's something really going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's far too many stories um, from, you know, seemingly same people to, um, to say that, you know, it's all lies. It's all, you know, it's all mental illness. Um, yeah, I agree. Like you said, not everyone's crazy. And I think there's there's far too many of these stories for it to all be nonsense and, you know, the ramblings of a, of a crazy person. Um, one thing I read that was quite interesting recently on the alien abductees group is um, lots of people have, have told these experiences to their doctor. And uh, apparently... If you met, if you say to a doctor you think you might have been abducted by aliens, you are treated as if you've got schizophrenia. Um, which, um, which again, I think you know it's 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 it, not not everyone can have schizophrenia. Um, and the interesting thing that people who've who've gone through this um, are claiming is that if if they mention alien abduction to their doctor, they will get prescribed schizophrenia medication. And and most of these people are saying that um it doesn't stop their experiences. It it, it makes them less anxious about it, um, which you know anxiety medication will do, but it um it doesn't stop strange things from happening them uh, to them at all. So yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually heard that part, but it does make sense that they would write them off as schizophrenic. And I don't know if that's something that they've been instructed to do to try and discredit people. That's another, that's another, uh, conspiracy in itself. I would think. That's interesting. Yeah. There's lots of, um, theories about, um, you know, cover-ups and trying to discredit people who do claim these sorts of things. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's, um, that's something doctors have been instructed to do. Cause it does seem strange that, you only need to mention alien abduction for for them to immediately jump to a serious medical condition like schizophrenia. Um, I also found myself when I was speaking to my hypnotherapist, who, I mean, her 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 main um, sort of job is 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 um, helping with mental illness through hypnotherapy. Um, and all throughout my meetings with her, she repeatedly asked me. Um, am I under supervision from a doctor? Am I on medication? And I, get, I kept telling her no. And the more, um, you know, I mentioned the possibility of alien abduction, she would ask me again, even though I've told her 
a few times that um i'm not under supervision from a doctor and i haven't got any conditions at the moment um i'm not on medication so yeah it's i, I really think well, that's kind of the preconceived notion that a lot of people have these days it's kind of been like playing it into their head now if someone talks about abductions or any type of weird stuff whether it be aliens whether it be like I've got interviews people see like these Bigfoots or other cryptid monsters or something people see these strange things that can't be explained and everyone writes them off as crazy just because it's not normal it doesn't line up to what we perceive as reality so anything outside of our normal realm is considered crazy yeah and i think that's been happening for 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 a long time i think things that um uh you know unexplainable um we, we have put it down to mental illness but there's you know there's certain things you know i think society's moved on um a long time like um uh, homosexuality for example used to be viewed as some sort of uh, mental disorder but now obviously it's you know it it is accepted that it's that it's not but like i said if you if you said that to a doctor maybe 100 years ago they might they see it as a you know you've got some sort of um, mental disorder um so it's interesting that yeah maybe that's that's the case with with paranormal it's um it's going to be seen at the moment it's seen as some sort of mental disorder but maybe as as time goes on we might learn more and realize that it's not necessarily the result of mental disorder and there is actually something there yeah i think that would uh i think there would be a big change to a lot of things if we were to determine that there is something like this going on either paranormal extraterrestrial anything like that there's going to be a lot of changes that would have to happen and i think that's part of the reason why a lot of this stuff is kind of kept under wraps just because the impact that it could potentially have on everyone it basically uproots everything that we've been taught for how many years so i think there's a lot of that involved with it as well not to mention we mentioned more earlier i think the technological superior like superiority between countries I think they like to have that technology in their back pocket. They don't want to share that with everyone just because it gives them the advantage if they ever needed it. Yeah, you're right. I think um, it, it's going to be a, a, you know, for change takes a long time with, with attitudes and society and, and, and you know, policy. Um, so, yeah, I think if we start to admit to some of these paranormal events, extraterrestrial events, a lot, a lot has to change and maybe that's part of, of why things have been held back like people talk people have um said that oh you know the military or the, or the government hold back what they know about extraterrestrials um because you know society can't handle it and maybe that's what they mean um things like that the the attitudes and, and, and medical science so much needs to change for us to be able to talk about these things like they are real and they are happening um a lot a lot needs to change you know aside from merely disclosure now maybe it's just me personally but if i was to find out that there's life outside of earth there's other species out there there's intergalactic communities or all whatever going on i'd be like oh i still gotta go to work i still gotta do my normal routine okay so it doesn't really affect me <laughs> it, cool that stuff's going on but it does it really impact us all that much that's going to make a huge difference that we know that or not. That's where I struggle with 
Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I don't. I think it, you know there'll be a massive sort of fascination or some mild panic for a while, but I think people will just get on with things. I mean, there's there's lots of um, scary things going on in the world at the moment, but people still just you know go to work and look after the families and get on with life. Like there's there's actual wars going on in other countries, and when these things first become news, everyone you know panics about it and. Uh, you know, talks about it and is sympathetic to people that are going through and it's, it's, it's a big deal, but very quickly we kind of go back to everyday life. Um, so I think if we admitted to um, something extraterrestrial, I think the same thing would happen really. I think there would be a, a period of panic, a period of questions, a period of intrigue, but unless it, it resulted in in some sort of war with another planet, you know, on a global scale, then I don't think um, I don't think it would take very long for people to just move on with their lives, and then it's just the something that we accept. I think that's another reason. If there were a race that came down here, they probably view us as stupid, just because we can't even get along with our own kind. How are we supposed to get along with other species that could be potentially? superior than you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> maybe that's why they are keeping a fairly low profile if they are coming here and visiting because yeah if they see what we do to each other um i did hear one one theory that um extraterrestrial sightings of ufos only really started majorly after we invented nuclear weapons and one thing i learned recently um which i wasn't aware of that we actually um, tested a nuclear weapon in space. We actually launched, um, a, you know, a nuclear bomb into outer space, um, and apparently there was an increase in, in in UFO sightings after that. So maybe there is a concern from them um, that we, you know, if we knew of their existence, we might, uh, you know, we might be hostile towards them. So that maybe that's why they're keeping a a close eye on us and experimenting um, and just observing because we might be the threat yeah i've heard that too i've also kind of looked at it as if they're interdimensional not so much from space but just at a dimension that we're not we see 3d maybe they're from a 45d realm and they're just crossing over into ours it did uptick after the nuclear weapons and all the explosions and testing and then there's actually been a lot of ufo sightings seen over these like missile silos and stuff. And I believe there was one the 1980s in the UK where they were actually over that US nuclear site. I forget the base or whatever, but I've seen a lot of stuff about it where they actually were chasing this light in the woods and they saw this craft and the craft had like a lot of numerical like matrixy look to it or something. Like numbers and stuff that were going like code slashing on it. Very strange story. But but the interdimensional, if we're doing that, what we're impacting here, I wonder if that has an impact, if there is different dimensions on their side. You know what I mean? So maybe they're coming here and be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can believe that for sure. Um, yeah, there's all, there's always a, an increase in sightings around nuclear, um, you know, military bases that have nuclear weapons or test them. Um, and like you say, if they are interdimensional and they're actually from this planet, but from another dimension, then we might be affecting their world. 
um, which could be another reason with the the interest in us. Um, and there's also that there's a, there's that theory about inner Earth as well about um, another species living underground. So if if that's you know if there's any merit to that theory, then if we are um, bombing each other on the surface, then we probably are affecting um, the underground as well. So yeah, I never really thought of it that way, but that is a another thing. Because I know a little off topic, but the whole thing with Antarctica of how pretty much you and I can't go to Antarctica if we wanted to. Like, you have to be, specific people can go there. I don't understand what's going on with Antarctica to where it's been so secretive over the years. Like, you're not allowed to really fly over it. They do some stuff like, what's going on down there? I've read a lot of theories about, oh, there's an entrance to, like, the hollow earth. No, there's actually alien stuff going on down there. There's, like, bases for aliens that we're working with and all sorts of crazy theories out there that no one really can prove one way or the other but i've always thought there's something strange with antarctica yeah i I've, I've heard a lot about that and i think there's definitely something going on um there's that whole thing with operation high jump where they um they went to explore antarctica i think it was meant to be like a six-month mission and it only lasted six weeks um and they aborted the mission and then after that they created the antarctic treaty where I think it's pretty much all every country in the world has agreed uh you're not meant to go to the center of antarctica without special permission from every country in the world and you're not allowed to fly over there yeah and, i think uh, it was admiral bird that flew over it and everyone thinks he saw like an entrance to uh the hollow earth or something like that because he said there was just lands beyond lands so and i know I've got an episode about where they think the Earth is actually flat, like the flat Earth theory. They think there's lands beyond Antarctica and that the Earth isn't a spinning ball and everything else. Like, I've always kind of wrote that stuff off, but then when you start going down that rabbit hole, some of their stuff makes sense too. So it's yeah. like, so it's, uh, there's just so many theories out there that I always try and pick and choose how far I want to go down because I don't want to get consumed by certain topics. I like to try and stay, uh, involved with lots of different things but i feel like some of these people they get on one specific kick of a topic and then they just keep going and going and going and i don't i try not to do that but i do yeah. believe i do definitely believe that there's something strange going on with antarctica either aliens hollow earth i don't know but it's just weird that every country agreed that we're not going there and no one's allowed to go there yeah yeah and no, i i agree there's this there's something that governments don't want us to know about about antarctica i mean they try and claim that it's to do with safety and all that but i can't there's, there's nowhere else on, on on this planet that we say that you know you're just not allowed to go so that i i believe there's merit to that what it is we don't know i mean the admiral bird um his his diaries seem to suggest that there is another world there either an entrance to another world or there's just um, an area in Antarctica that's um, that's doesn't appear to be um, uh, like Antarctica. It, it's supposed to be sunny and have um, fields and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know what to think. But um, yeah, I I think there's something going on there. And and like I was saying about the whole hollow Earth theory, if if that's the case, there's an entrance to an inner Earth or um, another world within Earth. Then it would make sense why 
um, other races, either from this planet or another, are, are concerned with what we're doing to the planet. No, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up today. I definitely enjoy talking with you. I definitely appreciate you coming out here and talking with me. Your uh, story is definitely one of those that it does fit with others that I've read about. Like, And again, I, I believe it. I think there's something a lot more to it than just dreaming. But again, who am I? I'm just a nobody podcast guy. <laughs> no it's been it's been really interesting and um it's uh, fascinating to hear that you've um you've heard lots of similar stories and um yeah i 100 agree there's there's more to it than dreaming um maybe one day we'll uh we'll find out some answers hopefully like that's kind of why i do this show is i like to get these stories out because maybe someone else experienced something similar and they want to share it with other people and then it just the more and more people are willing to talk about it and might put more pressure on those to be more open about what's really going on or we can, can discuss it and come to our own conclusions and maybe who knows uncover some stuff i hope so i hope so uh, just thanks a lot for having me uh having me on really oh, enjoyed definitely. this conversation i definitely enjoyed it too um you have a good night and uh i went ahead and i sent you the link to that interview so if you want to check that out but Again, I appreciate it. So thank you. Absolutely. We'll check that out. Cheers, Brandon. Have a good night. Cheers. You too, mate. Bye. And that's our show, everyone. Again, I'd like to thank Luke for coming out today and talking with me. His experiences is definitely similar to some of the others that I've heard about, read about. It's one of those topics that I find very interesting and I fully believe that there's a lot more going on than what we know. Again, if you've ever had an encounter or a story you'd like to share, please get a hold of me. You can reach me at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just look up Tinfoil Tales. Good night, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this one.